Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have Todd Klein. Uh, Todd's a FLW tournament angler, also a surfer, uh, surf announcer, I guess. Does the commentary for the surfing and also is a saltwater SWBA competitor. He did it a year or two. I'm not sure. He fished with Ty Ponder. So a super cool guy, super fun uh, interview. He kind of gives you the outlook a cool outlook on different stuff for tournament fishing, uh, like the U S open, how that worked. I didn't know it worked. And he kind of broke it down cause he just fished that when he came on. So check him out today. Um, uh, he, he did want to give a special shout out to anglers, Marine and Triton. Uh, they actually gave him his boat or he, he sponsored through them. So he has a 20 foot 2019 Triton with a mercury 254 stroke. So check out that. Uh, if you're looking for a boat, Triton's a good boat, and check out Angler's Marine. Kyle's great down there. You can go get a ton of bass stuff, too. Check that out. Um, check out Swimbait Underground's Fall Collection. It just came out. Cool stuff. Uh, so give go to swimbaitunderground.com, or you can go on Instagram and, and see what uh, they have on there. But check that out. Help support them. A uh, next little thing I like doing is guides. So I'm going to try to do a guide once a week, every week, uh, someone that's that's a guy that I, I like or I hear is a really good person, really good guy to go out with. Uh, this one this week is Fred Clinshaw. Um, so you can go to Fred's Instagram. It's going to be the Hammer of Fury on, on Instagram. Or you can call him at 805-630-0160. Uh, Fred's a full-service guide, fully rigged out so you don't even have to bring anything. If you don't want to, you can just go fish with them. And he was cool enough. I told him I was doing this. He's like, hey, if you're going to do something like that, maybe you give the listeners a deal. He's given 50 off um, the trip. If you uh, say, hey, I heard this on Cast and Crank. Uh, I want to book a trip. He'll give you 50 bucks off. Really cool thing to do. So uh, check him out. Hammer Fury, 805-630-0160. Go book with Fred for the holidays. Uh, it'll help everyone out. It'll be great. Next, Performance Tackle, Black Friday. Uh, they're going to do a rod sale or something, I think. I'm not sure. I'm sure something will come out. Uh, but I did talk to Mark. And he says they're going to have a cool sale for Black Friday. Um, go check that out. Go buy some stuff. And the next thing we have is tournaments. So we have the One Last Cast Tournament, which is one I'm involved with, where Bobby's going to be doing a seminar. I'm going to be holding the Q&A, doing the uh, 
I guess hosting the Q&A portion of it. And I was going to try to fish, but I just don't know if I have the time if I go down and set up. And I'm going to sell shirts down there, and I'll probably just be hanging out. I might do even a podcast with some of the guys that are just down there hanging out, you know, because you don't get all those people together all the time. So maybe I'll do something like that. Um, check that out. It starts at 6. I think the seminar is like at one thirty or 2. Again, check out Phil's post. Uh, again, ACC is putting it on. It's at LP Fishing Supply. Next one is Spots for Tots. That's one's uh, James Collins uh, tournament. It is December 15th, 6.30 to 12 at Los Alamitos. I think it's $10 to get in and uh, you got to bring a toy. I think we're $10. They still need more people to sign up. So if you guys have a boat, I think you could float tube too. I'm not sure you got to look at his, the whole deal, but go down there and sign up. It'll be fun. And then the last one is Western Species is December 22nd. It's a surf fishing showdown. Tons of people will be down there. Slay Day, uh, Wackham, all kinds of Phoenix, all kinds of people are going to be down there. Uh, check it out. Victor does some real cool stuff. So go down there and check it out. And the last thing, thank you to everyone that uh, bought a shirt. They're going out Monday. And if you haven't bought one, you want to support the podcast, buy a shirt. Like I said, I'm not running off of sponsors. This is all going to be homegrown. So if you want to support, all I ask for is buy a shirt. Uh, post it up on Instagram. Send me the picture. I'm stoked to repost it or something. Again, thank you to everyone that pre-ordered already. And next week will be Sandy. And uh, I'll, I'll put something up about that later on during the week. It's a great podcast. Thanks again for listening. Guys. used to do intros but i don't do them anymore so i just i like having the conversation part of it and just going and kind of like what we were talking about before but since we we're talking about it let's talk about the mlf flw thing what you think about that uh, i think anytime there's there's change um <clears throat> you can look at it from a lot of angles but i think mlf uh they're, the people that are backing MLF, initially, I, I looked at it and go, how long can this sustain itself based on the turnouts you're seeing and that type of thing? But as I've done a little research, talked to you know anglers, talked to people in-house, uh, there's a lot of intelligent and a lot of financially stable people behind that organization. And um, it's funny because someone mentioned it to me the other day. Google search a guy by the name of <laughs> Silent Stan. Okay. Okay. I was like, what? Silent dance. So we're, you know, we're hanging out, you know, at one of the tournaments. I look him up. This dude, I don't remember his full name, but Silent Stan owns uh, a major organization in just about every league there is. So he owns an NBA team, he owns an NFL wow. team, he owns a hockey team. Um he he's pretty well off. And with that said, he's got a lot of platforms to utilize. He's got a lot of contacts. Um and so I think the future you know, with that merger, based on what I've seen so far, it's really exciting, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're going to make some changes. It's going to be a, an adjustment for the guys that were doing the tour on the FLW level. Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh, they're not going to have the cup anymore. So there's a lot of things that, you know, you could look at and go, man, that's a bummer. But then you look at where they're going to make the changes to make things better. You know, for me, I, I fished the Costa Series. And uh-huh. on the Costa Series, they're actually going to, you know, lower the entries going from 1,900, I think, to 1,700. And then the payouts are going to be at least the same or maybe even better. And then our fish off, you know, the national fish off that we have each year based on the qualifiers, it, uh, it, it bumps up. You're fishing for 200,000 for first place. That's, that's massive, you know? So, 
So for me, um, you know, I, 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 it's awesome for me, but as I look at it as a whole for, you know, our industry, I, mm-hmm. I think it's a great thing. And I think it's also great because, uh, you know, BAS or sorry, BASS, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're, they're thriving as well. So I think, uh, there's plenty of room in the industry and I think change is good. Yeah. So from a, a green perspective for myself, usually you only enter one tournament series when you're, when you're fishing uh tournament. So you're only doing FLW or MLF, right? Uh, There's no way to really do it. Or do you, can you do crossover and do they get, do, do people get mad? I mean, it's like if, if you fish both series or all series or no, I think, I think, you know, some guys do some, okay. uh, this, that's a great question because I think now with that merger, um, I believe there was exclusivity before for the anglers that were on MLF, but mm-hmm. now that it's all in house, you know, you might see some of those guys, but I think the way I understand it, and again, you know, I'm, I'm reading a lot of the press releases just like everyone else out yeah. there. And uh, the way I understand it is, you know, the top 10 from the FLW tour will now qualify for the MLF. The bottom 10 fall out. There's a safety net now. They fall onto the tour from the FLW. So that's how that kind of works there. And, and so, uh, you know, so they're going to coincide with each other and still run. They, they will. But as t- to answer your question a little bit long winded there, I don't, I don't know if you'll see guys fishing other organizations. I think the guys that are on the MLF will fish the MLF. The guys that are on the tour, obviously they can't fish the MLF. So the only way you would see it is the guys maybe fishing down a notch, if you will, giving mm-hmm. MLF that kind of hierarchy. But yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think you will on a lot of the other ones you do. You see guys that are, you know, trying to qualify through the opens with BASS. You you see other guys, you know, trying to qualify for the tour through FLW, and mm-hmm. you'll see guys coinciding, fishing those opens, also fishing the Costas. Yeah. And did you start FLW, Bass, one? Why did you start when you when you got into tournament fishing? Uh, you know what? I, I, I moved out here from Florida originally. Okay. That's another story in itself, but um, and, and, <laughs> and maybe we'll get on to that. No, but, yeah. I but, mean, if you want to talk about, like, your start, I mean, go go for it. I mean, that's why I want you in here. Yeah. I know it all about So let us know, like, how it, did it come from Florida? Well, yeah, it's pretty classic. So I, I grew up in South Florida, Fort Lauderdale, mm-hmm. you know, about an hour and a half from Lake Okeechobee. And, and in Florida, you go a mile in any direction, there's a canal, there's a lake, there's something you can throw a line in. Yeah. And so I'd come home from school, grab my bike, grab a you know a couple bags of worms, plastic <laughs> worms, some bullet weights, and, and some hooks, and I'm on my way. And uh, sometimes with a friend, sometimes by myself. A lot of times it was local communities and, you know, throw my bike in the bushes and just start walking. <laughs> and, uh, you know, come, come, well, back then, you know, where I was, it wasn't too too crazy. But, yeah, you'd throw it, you'd throw it in a good spot. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you'd start to make your way back around dusk and then get home in time about, you know, dinner time right at dark. And I did that almost every day. Did you guys um, have alligators in the canals? There's a lot of alligators back there. But it's funny, you know, you grow up, you know, around alligators most of them are are more afraid of you than you are afraid of them. Once you realize that, then you're good. Kind of you know? like seeing coyotes down here, maybe a little bit. Like I don't that. know. I still I'm weary of coyotes, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, growing up in Florida, you know they're 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 pretty they're they're pretty mellow. Yeah. But um, so I love fishing, you know, and and where I grew up too, I was where the brackish uh, met the fresh, and so a lot of pump houses, a lot of dams. I'd catch a lot of snook, a lot of tarpon. Um, I had buddies that had commercial licenses. I'd spend a lot of time out on the ocean fishing at night. Mm-hmm. Um, if we broke even, we had a blast. If we made a little money, even better. Um, so I just, I, I love fishing. That was my passion. And then about, you know, uh, 14, 13 is when I, you know, started surfing. I surfed a lot and I uh, was fortunate to, to, you know, have some pretty good results at that. Got sponsors and, you know, started making a, a bit of a living, you know, through surfing. And, um, you know, meanwhile, still fishing, all, you know, all the time in Florida. 
And a buddy of mine that was going to school down in San Diego State, he said, you know, he was home for Christmas one holiday. I was, I think, 21 at this time. He said, dude, what are you doing back here in Florida? He's like, if you're going to really make a run at this thing for surfing, you, you need to get out of Florida. You need to come out to California. That's the epicenter. It's where all the companies mm-hmm. are. And uh, he's like, I got an extra room, you know, 450 a month or whatever it was back then. He's like, you're on the road all the time anyway, but now you've got a place to leave, you know, your, yeah. your stuff. And it's a better hub for you, you know, going to, you know, I used to do some stuff in Japan and I said, let's go. So like two days later, packed up the car and, and there we go, you know, and I and drove. what age were you right now at that time? 21. 21. Wow. Packed up my, uh, my, I forget what year, Toyota Tercel and, and I was on my way out to uh, Mission <laughs> Beach and, and wow. uh Started down in South Mission and, um, you know, was doing that for, long story short, I, you know, I made a, uh, a pretty good living for about five years. I, right place, right time. I went to Japan. Um, I used to go over there for a sponsor, Matt Keckley, and, and uh, we used to do just promo tours, going to different shops and surfing different beaches and, you know, getting a little bit editorial. And then they only at the time had a domestic tour for, you know, tournaments or con- okay. contests back then. Mm-hmm. So it was only for Japanese. And, then the next year, I think it was like uh, 90, 94 maybe, they, uh, they opened up in, in the world tour at the time, which was ASP, uh, they, had, they opened up qualifying series over there. So now anybody could surf them. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, cool. I'm going to enter in this year. And, and again, right place, right time. There was five events, and I was fortunate to win three of them. And at the time, you know, Japan, the, the yen was really strong against the dollar. And, you know, uh, you know, I had some good sponsors over there and, and I, my buddy, you know, was, I, I high fived him big time because without him, I wouldn't have had an opportunity to go over there and right place, right time. And so I had a three year deal with a company called SMP back in the day. <laughs> Prior to that, I was with Quicksilver. That yeah. was my first sponsor as a kid. And, uh, at the end of that three, three year run with SMP, I came back knocking on the door at Quicksilver, you know, Hey guys, I want to, you know, want to get sponsored again. And, you know, I was really persistent, and they were like, no, no, no. And finally they said, hey, you know, there's a guy named Danny Kwok back then. He was one of the main guys. He said, uh, here's the deal, Kleine. Uh, we're going to bring you in, and we're going to give you an opportunity to get a foot in the door in the marketing department, and we're going to wind down your surfing, you know. I said, let's do it. You know, I knew yeah. that door did not open <laughs> often. And I, and when people used to ask when I was growing up, well, you know, what, what's your fallback after surfing? I said, well, I'm going to be a sales rep. And it wasn't a sales rep, but I went into marketing and I ended up having a 16 year run there with those guys. Wow. Uh, worked my way up, learned a ton, made, you know, my, my final position, I was one of the marketing directors there and, uh, just, a, you know, again, right place, right time, you know, very fortunate to have that opportunity and then to capitalize on it. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about on the way over here for me, you know, um, I, I, I didn't go on to college. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of came from a broken home. And so for me, there is no safety net. You know, I see a lot of people that, you know, fortunate for them, they do have safety nets if, if they don't succeed at something. And so for me, anytime I've gone for something, I've gone 110% mm-hmm. um, knowing that there is no fallback, you know. Um, so, you know, had that great run at Quicksilver. Uh, at, at the end of that run, you know, they were, it was just prior to when they went bankrupt. Wow. And uh, they let me go, but I was very fortunate. They gave me a, a nice severance package, gave me some time to kind of find my feet, and that's when I started doing tournaments. Um, but the whole time, you were still fishing here and there. and kind of so, like- so I'm glad you brought that back up because, <laughs> because uh, you know, when I moved to California in the early 90s, there was no internet. 
And I used to, at the time, I used to play some cards. You know, I, when I drove across the, the, the country, we stopped at, you know, the Indian casinos down in San Diego. They were literally tents back then. They were not even buildings. Wow. Um, and, you know, I, on occasion, we'd be out there playing cards, and I'd see, you know, bass boats. I'm like, hey, whoa, bass boat, where are you guys going? <laughs> they're like, at the time, they're like, El Cap, you know, San V. And I'm like, in the back of my head going, oh, cool, man, have fun on the puddle. You know, like, where is it? Like, I've never even seen, a, you know, a body of water in California. So, you know, fast forward then a few years as, you know, things wound down and not all the way to when I, you know, was no longer with Quicksilver, but, yeah. you know, fast forward to when the internet basically started to come out and, you know, friends would tell me, hey, you got to check out this place that just opened up, Diamond Valley. And so I was like, okay, shoot, I'm going to start looking at some of these places online, you know, mm-hmm. and there's, there's this thing called the internet. <laughs> so I started looking around and I'm like, whoa, man, this looks pretty cool. I'm going to go check this out. And a buddy of mine uh, by the name of David Giddings, who was a surfer at the time, he knew about the little teeny lake out there, Laguna Niguel, near my house. I live in San Clemente. That was when it was open to boats still. That was when they had those little boats, you know, oh, you, you, yeah. not, not, not real boats, but just little, yeah, the, little, the, little, the yeah. little ones, the little ones with the trolling motors, but perfect. That's all you needed for that body of water, you know? So yeah. we went out there and we, I mean, we smashed them. It was like, you know, uh, it was pre-spawn. They were just getting ready to, you know, it was kind of early spring and we would just went out there with Senko's pitching the toolies and it was like, you know, game on. I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> and that's when I did that research and, uh, you know, fast forward, all of a sudden I'm, you know, I'm like, I got to get a boat, man. This is unbelievable. There's all kinds of opportunities out here. And, uh, some of my friends, Brian and Kevin Linehan knew some guys, uh, that had just won a boat out in Vegas. It was a bass cat, 18 foot mm-hmm. saber. And, uh, they wanted, I think 18 grand or something. I'm like, dude, all I've got is, you know, no, they wanted like 19.5 or something. I said, dude, all I got 17 grand. And he's like, dude, don't even offer him that. That's, that's not cool. I'm like, Hey man, that's all I got. Yeah. So I did, I called him, you know, I'm like, I didn't listen to those guys. I called him <laughs> and he said, Hey, let me, let me check with my brother. We won the boat Yeah. together in this tournament. So sure enough, they're like, come on out, man. So that was my first boat, oh, 18 cool. foot saber. I had it for years. Great boat for me. And, uh, yeah, just jumped in head first, started fishing all the local, you know, mainly diamond. That's, you know, did I, you join a club then? No, I never did. Never I never, joined club, never no. did. I was fortunate, you know, guys like the Linehans, you know, which have you met those guys? No, I have not. So Kevin is uh, actually, you know, I won't get his title right, but he's like, he's the big dog in the West for Mercury. Okay. And then, uh, Brian, those guys used to do a lot of team stuff and they, you know, I, I wasn't around them, but supposedly those were the dudes at Paris. Okay. Um, and then, you know, once diamond opened, they used to, you know, go out there a lot. So anyway, they had a lot of knowledge and for me coming across from, you know, Florida, Florida, it's. Toolies everywhere. Everything looks the same. And, you know, at the time when I was a kid, I just fished. I didn't know why I caught fish. I just fished. I enjoyed being out there. And sure, you know, I learned there was certain things, you know, in front of the drain pipes or different things that I knew there'd be some fish, but I didn't put it all together until I got out here. And those guys started kind of going, hey, you want to do this? You want to do that? And then as I was catching fish, I was going, well, why did I just catch that fish? You Mm -hmm. know, and then you start to kind of understand the the timing of, you know, the spawn and, you know, the bait moving and, you know, the seasons and next thing you know, you're like, wow, I'm kind of figuring this out a little bit. And, uh, so yeah, just, you know, I am kind of getting long winded here, but yeah, no, not that's the whole point. Yeah. You want to know about you. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I was just fortunate, you know, when I moved out here to, to meet some cool people, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, I, don't want to go down the whole list, but you know, there's a lot of guys that have helped me, you know, and, and even to this day, you know, and you hear it from, you know, the guys that are at the very top, mm-hmm. you're never going to know everything. And so having conversation like we're having right yeah. now, you learn from one another, you yes. know what I mean? And and so for me, when I came out here, 
um, you know, I was just a sponge, you know, I just wanted to, to learn and, and, um, and, and fortunately for me, you know, I've been able to learn quite a bit about, you know, how to approach the Western waters out here because it is so different, <laughs> you know, it, a deep spot in Okeechobee, you know, is, is 10 feet. A deep spot out here is 250 yeah, feet, right? you know, I mean, we're not fishing that depth, but it's there, you yeah. know, so it's, it's just such a different beast and it's been a, a fun adjustment and learning, uh, and meeting a lot of people along the way, you know? No, definitely. So when you were, uh, you started entering tournaments and during Quicksilver, you got pretty serious and, uh, what was your first, like, uh, FLW or do you remember the... So when I was at Quicksilver, it's funny because now it's like fishing's a, a cool thing. It's 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 like a trend, you know what I mean? And, and we've talked about it in so many episodes. It's kind of like when I first, I mean, it's 10 years ago when I got into fishing. Yeah. And even then it was kind of like, it wasn't as cool still. But I remember I would talk to all the grandpas or the older dads. I'm the younger right. dad, you know, right. so I had a kid when I was 22, 23. So I'd be at school and... When I got into fishing, he's like, he was six or seven at the time. And I end up talking to all these older grandpas that, oh, you like bass? You know, like, yeah. yeah. And then we go off and, you know, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But same from for you, I'm pretty sure it's even crazier. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, growing up in Florida, if you surfed, you fished. It was pretty much, it yeah. went hand in hand. And more so, more so on like the brackish or the ocean side, but a lot of guys bass fish too. And then out here, I, I used to just scratch my head. I'm like what you get nobody fishes out here like what what's what's the deal there's not that connection yeah. that we had back there you know pretty much the whole eastern seaboard you know but especially florida and so when i was at quicksilver you know it was all about the core you know you got to be the core surfer the core skater this that whatever and you know i had an, an absolute passion for surfing too but you know i almost felt like i had to hide my fishing because it wasn't core you know it wasn't cool now <laughs> now if i was in the industry i'd be the guy you know yeah. what i mean like wow that guy does it all you know but um you know so it's just been it's it's actually been cool to see the adjustment in the industry you know i think some of the companies made that adjustment because they had to from a financial standpoint because the surf industry changed so much um but regardless you know it's it's cool to see you know, a lot of the kids now that maybe would have been pushed down the road to to, to surf, now they're being introduced to the ocean mm-hmm. and, and introduced to the, you know, the local lakes and stuff. And, it, you know, so it's it's great for, I think, uh, you know, again, whether you're surfing or whether you're you're fishing, if you're enjoying nature, you know, that's that's what it's all about. You know, it's, it's the kids that get stuck indoors doing things that's not going to help them mentally or physically down the road. That's, that's a bummer, you know what I mean? And Yeah, I agree 100%. And that was, you know, again, to kind of go back to, to my youth, it's like, you know, I didn't have, you know, really that, that strong foundation at home. So it was on me. And, and that's where I found my escape was, was on the water or in the water once I started surfing, you know. Um, and it's still that way today just on you know, a much different level, you know? And you so think you press that now on your son, like to get out, no, not press it, but no. you know what I'm saying? Like it's, I mean, it definitely, I try and get them outdoors, yeah. but you know, growing up and watching, especially in the, you know, professional surfing arena, and how, how old your son? He's 12. So same age, I have a 15 and a nine and a, and a two and that age is kind of like, uh, yeah, I, know? <laughs> I try and I try and introduce my son to, to everything. And yeah. then when I see what he gravitates towards, mm-hmm. then I'm going to try and support him, yes. you know, but I've just seen, you know, especially in the surf side, like I was saying, it, you know, you see too many dads try and push, Oh, you're the next Kelly Slater. You're going to be the next, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And they push, push, push. And sometimes the, it actually pays off, but I just see how broken down they are, how, you know, they're, they're, they're burnt. They don't want to do it. They're not doing it for the fun and for the passion, you know, and that's, for me, if if you don't have the passion, then it's time to move on to something new. That's just me personally, you know. I agree, hundred percent. So, so you know, I you know I 
<clears throat> I still, you know, and again, I'm kind of, you know, moving all around in this yeah, conversation. But, I mean, this is why yeah, we do the whole yeah. <laughs> but, free open form. <laughs> yeah, but but going back, you know, outside of the tournament thing, and I'll go back and answer your question about the, you know, those tournament things. Yeah. But for me, you know, in talking about the kids now and that type of thing, I'm a guide and I've been doing that for about three years. And for me, at first, I'd get questions on, you know, on the phone or on a trip. And I was always a punk prankster as a kid. So I'm like, okay, who's... <laughs> Who, who's filming this right now? Because the questions you got, you're like, this dude's joking with me. Yeah. And then you realize, no, no knucklehead. That's why they hired you to come out here because they don't know these things. And that's when I realized, wow, this is awesome. Like now what I've learned, I can now pass on to these individuals. And then when I get a call or I get a text three months later and the guy's like, dude, remember that technique you showed me down at San Vicente? I just caught this right now on that rig. Yeah. You know? And you're like, Dude, how awesome is that, you know? And so for me, you know, it's really cool. And then when you got the the, the father and he wants to bring his kid out, and I just, you know, I, last year I had one kid that was six years old. I got to draw the line there because at some point, just the attention span and oh, all that. Oh, I agree 100%. But when I have a conversation on the phone, whether it's, you know, mom, dad, grandma, whoever's booking the trip, and they go, hey, we want to bring our grandson out. And I'm like, okay, how old is he? Well, he's seven. I said, well, ma'am, I just got to ask one thing. Does he have patience? Because if he's got patience there's a good chance, you know, he's going to have an opportunity to catch fish. If, if you think he's going to lose his attention span in, in a half hour or even an hour, if we don't get bit, it's probably not the right thing to do. And so far, Which is man, a great, great point because even I take my son and I've been fishing with them trying once a week Yeah, and I figured, okay, I go to Huntington Harbor, we fish for an hour. Yeah. Then I take him out past the break wall and we run around in circles yeah. and he Cruise. laughs. Yeah. Then come back in and fish more and he's cool. Yeah. I tried before just to go straight fishing. Didn't work because he yeah. got bored after an hour. He's yeah. nine, you know, yeah. it's like he's learning and he's not, if he's not getting bit, got to keep moving and doing something else, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's been for me really rewarding. You know, obviously, you know, it's, it, it's a bit of a living. It adds to, you know, the other things that I do for a living, but you know, the, the, the best part of it all is when you see how excited they get when they catch those fish, <clears throat> excuse me. And then, and then th that knowledge that you've passed on to them, <clears throat> that's, that's what it's all about. You know yeah. what I mean? Definitely. So I'm going to, I'm going to go back and answer your, FL, your FLW now. So, so I didn't actually, you know, I did a lot of team stuff. Um, you know, again, through the Linhands, I met a buddy, uh, that, you know, was friends with them. His name was Matt Burghart. We used to do the team tournaments locally and, um, you know, we, we'd end up qualifying and going and doing the TOCs out, out in, uh, Lake Mead. And, you know, we had some pretty good success. We won some tournaments. We had like a runner up out at the championship and, and, uh, again, I, you know, I just continue to learn and learn and learn. And, um, I always wanted to, you know, to try to fish, you know, as a co-angler with, with FLW, but, you know, being at Quicksilver and with, you know, the schedule, you know, it was, it was nonstop. And mm -hmm. so it was hard for me. That's, that's the challenge as a co-angler. You got to sign up way in advance to get confirmed, you know? So when you're a co-angler, do you get a different, uh, pro every time? You do. You okay. do. Yeah. You, you know, basically... As a co-angler, uh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I'll get Great, to that in yeah, a second. Yeah. So, so for me, I didn't actually get to fish with FLW till I was finished at Quicksilver. Okay. And again, with them taking care of me on the way out, it gave me some opportunity. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna go fish the first one up at Oroville, and uh, went up there, and uh, I'd never fished for spotted bass before, and you know, just ask questions and. You know, when I went to that tournament, I went up there, you know, hey, I'm going up again to continue to learn. You know, I didn't go up there mm -hmm. going, hey, I'm going to win this tournament. Although, you know, hey, I'm competitive. I wanted to do the best I could. But I also went into it with the mindset like, hey, here's an opportunity to go fish a new lake, 
to catch spotted bass you've never fished before and to just to just learn you know well you know somehow i ended up finding myself there on the final day in the top 10 wow and i was like wow this is unreal <laughs> you know and you know just a couple key bites here and there and i learned something uh from from one of my pros on day two early um you know a rig that I, we were throwing in at the time it was new it was the, it was the nico rig and uh you know caught a caught a really good one that kind of you know just f- you know filled my bag and kind of put me over to, to qualify for that that top 10 day and then you know i ended up eighth i think that you know that first tournament that was the first yeah. one i ever did i was like wow that was awesome you know and uh so i said you know i said oh shoot i gotta now i gotta try and go do the second one yeah second one was out at lake roosevelt and uh, same thing. I went out there with some buddies and practiced with them. And the the, the practice was absolutely brutal. Um, there was a big cold front coming through. It actually snowed at the casino where they had the opening meeting. And uh, I forget that that area. But uh, you know, the, then the last day of that that practice was when that storm was approaching. And I think I got one bite the whole practice. One bite, and wow. and it was shaking a seven inch robo worm, and it was like a three pounder. I'm like. <laughs> all right that's that's what i'm going off of yeah. you know and again you know you, you don't want to listen to the doc talk but at the time you just you heard it was very tough you know and uh so i was like i don't have anything else anyway that's what that's what i'm rolling with and my buddies that i was that i was cruising with that were pros they were uh they were throwing cranks and uh they were getting not a lot of bites but they were getting the right ones right mm-hmm. but i wasn't gonna throw a crank as a co-angler I, that was my deal i was gonna shake a worm and uh, first day, I ended up getting uh, 13 keepers and tons of people blanked. And it was like, I was like, what the heck? Like, and I was just shaking it, shaking it, shaking it, you know, like having it sit with a bead. And uh, for whatever reason, it was like, it's crazy. <laughs> and, and and people were kind of hearing, and it was like, what the heck? Like, and I ended up winning that tournament. And that was the first one I won. And then I ended up doing the rest of them. And just, you know, for me... Um, you know, when I did those those as a co-angler, and even to the very end, I, I always had that mindset, like, again, you want to win, but you're there to learn. And the gentleman that is in front of you that's the pro, he spent more money, he spent more time. And, you know, if, if you think you're on his level, then you need to pay to be on his level. You're not fishing out of the back of the boat trying to fish his water. And so, you know, with that said, if we came up to a point and my pro was throwing, say, a square bill on the inside, you know, and I'd watch him, you know, for a while. Okay, that's that's what he's set on doing. You know, I'd say, uh, hey, Nick, you mind if I, I've noticed you've been throwing a square bill, you're fishing that two to two to five, you know, foot range. Would you mind if I fired out past you? Because, you know, we're burning some water here. Would you mind if I fired out past you with a, you know, DD-22 or, yeah. you know, deep, deep dive crankbait? And just the fact that you waited a while, kind of observed, had that conversation, they're like, you know, fire away, Todd. That's cool, man. I appreciate you asking, you know? And that was, you know, and every once in a while I got to say, Hey, you know what? I'm gonna come back by here and throw deeper. And if he does, then okay, now you better, now you better get creative, you know? And for me, when I was fishing as a co-angler, I just think so many guys fold up shop before it even starts because of those challenges. And that's, that's a great story. Cause that, I mean, I kind of wanted to get that out too, is like when you're throwing your technique, have you ever had the pro go, what are you fucking doing? And so, yeah, that, <laughs> which I, I don't think is, a, is any kind of disrespect. No, it's not. It's not. They're, it, they're pro. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, 
I always try and put myself in the other individual shoes, you know, whether it's business, friends, whatever, you know, whatever. And, and so you can relate to them. And, and uh, to answer that question, yeah, 100% one time I was at Havasu, was throwing a little cool baits underspin. Um, I had a really good day one. Day two, uh, I've got like, I think three in the boat. Again, it's a really tough bite out there in, in uh, you know, the, the, the latter part of winter, very early spring just to get a, you know, a, a limit, it's tough. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I did well on day one, day two, I've got three in the boat and the guy in the front, you know, he keeps looking back, keeps looking back. And <laughs> finally, you know, he, he goes in and pulls out, you know, little 2.8 Kitek, pulls out the little underspin, fires out and he's not getting bit. He's not getting bit. I get another one, you know, so I think now I've got four. And finally, he's literally, he's basically stopped fishing for the most part. He's watching my cadence now. And I'm like, I'm like, good God, is this guy for real? You know what I mean? Like, come on, bro. Like, you, you know, do your thing. Next thing you know, he's like, he realizes, okay, so I got to slow down, you know? And he slows down. He's like, net, net. And I'm like, God. And it's a good big smalling, you know? And I'm like, had that dude not have done that, you're going to get that fish. Because he's, you know, he's firing down the bank that you're firing mm-hmm. at too. So, Anyways, yeah, it happens. Not not often, but you know, on occasion. Uh, and and even at the the top level, one, one year when I was doing the the national championship, I I had one of the you know household name guys go. You know, when I I, I yelled Natty Nets, it he comes back. He goes, dude, you just get that off that stump. And I go, yeah. And he goes, dude, I pitched at that thing three times. What the hell are you throwing? And you know, he didn't make the change because he was doing okay for himself. But I what I what I realized then, he's just making a mental note, going, "Okay, that's that's something to know for future if I'm ever struggling, you know, in a situation like this." You know, he didn't make that adjustment like the other dude did. But you know, those guys that are at the top, they're dude. they're constantly asking those questions and, and they're, and they're I, constantly making notes. I don't think notes. that's a bad thing either. No. Like, so like, are you okay with like you know how you kind of had the uh, courtesy to go, "Hey, is it cool if a pro came to you was like." When you were co-angler and you're like, he's like, hey, bro, I'm fucking struggling. Do you mind telling me what you're doing? You'd probably be like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Would you be? Uh, I mean. Because you're fishing the same water. It's a different story at that time. I mean, though, if, right? here's here's what I've learned, too. You know, um, I, I've, I've had this, I think, happen as well as a co-angler. Like, if you're smashing them on a spot and the pro is not and he doesn't have what you have. He'll move on. And he's like, he's like, hey, pick him up. We're going to go. And if you go, hey. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Nick, do you want you want one of these baits? Yeah, and the guy's like, absolutely. Then you're going to stay there. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so, again, you gotta you gotta weigh things out, which and- is a cool different aspect of tournament fishing that people probably don't see. Is like, as a co angler, it's like a whole other ballpark. It's like here's your co angler and here's your pro. Your pro, you get to do everyone. 
if you're a co-angler, you're in prison for that little time, right? Yeah. And you're like, this is what you can do around me. Yeah. And it, you could make it work for you if you do the right things. And that's kind of what well, you learned, right? Well, yeah. To your point too, it's like right out of the gates, you can either make the day bad for both parties or you can make it good for both parties. And that, that was my mindset too, going into those tournaments. It's like, the end of the day you're stuck with this dude on a boat for eight hours <laughs> yeah, whether you like him yeah. or dislike him you know and so if he you know hypothetically he's fishing the spawn and the delta and he's got you pinned up against you know some toolies you know he's not gonna have you backed into the toolies i've never personally i've never yeah. seen that you know unless you're pretty pretty bad of a dude <laughs> i don't think it's gonna happen yeah but you know my point is you're gonna be you're only gonna have a you're gonna have a restricted area and again you can fold up shop early or you can get creative and a lot of times you know, my mindset would flip as like, okay, this guy's working a bed fish. It is what it is. Just know if there's a bed fish there, there's a lot of fish out there that are waiting to move up. Fish those, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? As opposed to a lot of dudes are going to shut down and just go, oh, I got backseated all day, man. The guy's a jackass. <laughs> no, the dude's not a jackass. Yeah. He, he was fishing what he had to do. Yeah. You're the jackass for not adjusting, you know what I mean? And so that was always, again, you know, a lot of times it paid off. Sometimes it didn't, but you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to sit back there and, and, and wince all day and complain and then just make it awkward on the boat? Or even worse, you know, the stories I've heard is fire up on that dude's fish or fire up, you know, up in that area. And it's like, you know, that's not going to help anybody, you know? Yeah, you might hook a fish, but dude, really, is that how you <laughs> is that how you want to go about it? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I just, I trip out on those stories. I've actually had a couple now firsthand, you know, from the back fire up like that. And you know, I think at first, it's, what do you do when that happens to you? Though? So I, I, I think the way I've, you know, learned along the way, whether it's from the back or from the front, guys are going to test you and they want to know what you're about. And, you know, if you're in the back, they're going to try and backseat you a little bit. If you're cool about it and you have conversation, eventually those walls come down. But what I've learned, and I always try to give the, the co-anglers benef- benefit of the doubt, but now I've kind of literally, I've seen a few firsthand now where I'm like, you know, you have a conversation with the guy and you try and work with him. And next thing you know, the dude fires kind of up your way, you know, and first time you maybe don't say something. And then second time you, you Nick, dude, <laughs> you, you stop for a second. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Kind of hold your rod down to the side. And you Bro. look back and you go, I got a question for you, man. What, what are you, why are you firing up here? You yeah. know, um, you know, I'm not even, I'm not even fishing fast at the moment. This is one, one incident, you know, I'm fishing a rock pile uh-huh. and, uh, I go, dude, have I cast back your way all day? No. So why are you fishing up my way? There's plenty of water here. That rock does trickle back your way. Yes. I'm fishing the, the alpha spot, but dude, you're casting in my area, right? Yeah. So at, at one point it became, because that guy, he, he pulled back a little bit, but then as the day got later and he hadn't got his fish yet, you know, he starts getting more and more aggressive. So it got to the point where as opposed to you would normally want to pull in to address a spot. Now it became, okay, this is how I would really like to pull up to this spot. But now I've got this dude that wants to fire in there. The winds are ripping. So I'm going to pull back just far enough to where I can barely reach it. And homeboy ain't even going to come close. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's a bummer. You have to do that, you know, but. And it messes your fishing up. It can for sure, you know. Now, is there any rules in the in tournament? Like, hey, there there is, there is. You know, it's, there's the unsaid rule, and actually, I've had that conversation with you know tournament directors. Uh, sorry, tournament directors. Just so you know, but you know, it's that unsaid rule that you can't pat, you can't cast past that kind of midsection of the boat. You know, like the, you pretty much both you guys go, hey, this is my half, this is your half. You take this over, 
and you kind of you your your thing as the pro, I get to go wherever I want in my front part. Yeah, you guys cover the back behind me, which is yep. And again, unless yeah. you unless you have that conversation, you know, if I'm if I'm going down a bank, I don't want a dude just completely. He has nothing back there. I'm I'm burning bank and I'm throwing a square bill. Yeah, you know what's his option? But if you're at a place like the Delta and there's grass outside of you, or there's you know you're, you're fishing shallowly, and again that that situation where hey, you know what, fire out deeper past me. I'm totally down. Yeah. Because those are not fish that, are, that I'm going to be catching. So if you can get them behind me, cool, man. Yeah. Have at it. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm, I'm down for everybody to cash a check. But if you start firing up and trying to get into what I'm like, that's just not cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I, you know, again, for, for the co-anglers that are out there that, that might, you know, listen to this, you know, address it that way. Because immediately if you start casting in a guy's water it just puts his, you know, feathers up and it's going to be a bad day for both parties. He's not going to fish the way he wants to and you're not going to you're going to get backseated, you know, and that's yeah. that's just not a good way to go about it. If you go out there, you go out there with the m- mindset and the, you know, mentality to to learn, have a good time, have fun, and still, yeah, you want to be competitive, but if you go into it with that mindset, you're going to have a lot more success, you know, yeah. and and you know, for those for those guys that really, you know, want to learn um, you know, both techniques and, you know, bodies of water, that's where one bass really comes into play with, with the shared weight, you know, I mean, literally I'm, I'm as crazy as it is. I, you know, it's like a guide trip, the way I treated it, you know, at the, the recent U S open, I tied the dude's bait on for him. We, 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 <laughs> hey, which is super cool. I don't want to think it's cool. I don't want to have a dude's not go bad. You know what I mean? I got a hundred thousand dollars on the line. And when we roll up to a spot, I'd explain to him, hey, this is a big flat right here. It's clean bottom. The grass starts over here. The outside flat, you know, about 12 yeah. feet. It's going to go up to about five. And just paint the picture for me. You know, at least that was my goal. And then, uh, you know, hey, you hook a fish. You know, don't hold your rod tip high. Hold it down by the water. For whatever reason, these fish out here at me, they all want to fly, whether it's a small mouth or a large mouth. And just try and, you know, one, and give them comfort. That, yeah. And two, lay, lay everything out. And if, you know, you show up at at uh you know a lot of the other you know uh events where it's not shared weight the co-angler it's like you pull up the pro could care less if you sat there and ate a sandwich so, all day so when it's you know? when it's uh the wombass it's shared weight but the co-angler is not a pro and so it's you're a working sep- together it's and a, it's a guy you don't know either yeah it's a it's a random drawing and it's but, a but it's a separate it might division be a guy yeah. you know but i mean yep. Yep. but most of the time it's someone you've never met correct okay correct and so yeah you know it, I had my first day uh, co-angler out at out at the U.S. Open was awesome. He he contributed big. You know, he fished hard. He caught two two fish that stayed in the well. And then it was like my day day two guy. You know, and it, oh, you get a different guy every day. Every day. Oh shit, that every changes day. the game. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. So you know, which kind of screw could screw the pro because if you give away some of your secrets day two, that guy can be like, hey, guess what Todd said. Let's head over to this flat where the you know yeah you know I think I think there was a lot more of that maybe back in the day I think most of the guys it's it's pretty cool now but okay. I mean there's definitely you know the thing is you know hypothetically you're you're throwing a you know an I'm a skimmer top water or something and you better believe if you had if you had success with yeah. it that the co angler the next day is showing up to his pro <laughs> with one tied on you know what I mean so and they put two and two together but you know so my day two guy out there you know it's like mid-morning and the bite's tough yeah it's mid-morning and next thing you know the dude's sitting down and eating a sandwich he doesn't even have a rod in his hand and i'm like in the back of my head i'm like dude and this guy's you know basically he's on your team at that point you know and so those again slap the sandwich out of his hand 
I definitely, I definitely gave him, gave him some. I probably would have just hit that thing into the fucking water. I, I definitely gave him some hints, like you know, dude, like you know, are, is this a vacation or are you out yeah. here to compete? You know yeah. what I mean? Because that sandwich, I sure hope it tastes good because it ain't putting no fish in the well. You know what I mean? And so again, for those co anglers that are listening that want to get involved, man, if you, if you want to go and you want to compete, then compete. You know, if you want to, and you're paying as a co angler to fish the same, right? It's, it's, it's just a little it's, less. It's six hundred bucks for those guys, uh, nineteen hundred for the pro. Yeah, I mean, dude, I'm but, not going to just but, drop six hundred bucks and be eating sandwiches, but bro. There, but there's a lot. There's a lot on the line for both parties. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the co angler, you know, there's a thousand dollar big fish every day. Wow. There's there's a big bag every day. So even if you didn't have a good day one, two. Uh, day three, you can still make like three grand as a co-angler, yeah. you know what I mean? So, you know, to each his own, but, you know, I encourage the, the co-anglers that are coming out, if you're going to come out, come out to compete, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? If, if you don't want to compete at that level, then stay in the local team yeah. stuff, stay, stay in the, the club stuff, you know, because that's a big tournament. There's a lot on the line and, you know, if you put a big fish in the boat and it helps that dude win a hundred grand, I guarantee you're going to be eating better than a sandwich. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know I would have taken care of that guy, but, uh, well, can you only fish one year as a co-angler? No, you can fish. Shoot. I did it for five years with oh, FLW. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can, it, it, at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of reasons why, you know, individuals fish as a co-angler financial, you know, standpoint is a lot of it. Um, abilities, another, and then, you know, it's, when do you want to move on? It's a, you might have great success as a co-angler, but then when you make that adjustment to the pro, it's a whole different ball game. You know, sure. A lot of what you learned can apply, but now you've got to manage fish. Now you've got to, you know, you've got to find fish. You don't want to stick too many in practice. Like there's a lot of elements that you don't realize maybe as a co-angler when you make that adjustment, it's, it's a, it's a big adjustment, you know, and it's, it's been uh, a bit of a challenge for me. You know, I was very fortunate as a co-angler. I ended up winning four boats with FLW. Wow. When I went to the pro side, you know, the first year I was able to cash some checks. This year, I had a tough go with FLW, uh, finished just outside on a couple, never cashed checks with FLW. I think finished overall 31st in the rankings, uh, which qualified me for the for the championship. But it, it was a tough year. And then so, you know, I had a good run at the open and that 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 you know, made things feel a little better. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's, that's a, that's an epic event because it's yeah. so challenging in so many ways. And then, you, you know, you look at the names on that list, shoot, there's 20 household names in there of guys yeah. that, that have oh, done, done real well, you know? Yeah. Let me shut so. these dogs up real quick. Hold on. Get them. <laughs> My mother-in-law's two little yappers. She has it. And it's, I'm like, shh. My dog's a big dog. My dog's not the little guy. <laughs> but um, back to the uh, angling. So five years as a, as a co-angler, and then you decided, I'm going pro. Yeah, I just, you know, I always wanted to, you know, I wouldn't say I always wanted to. I was, for me, as a co-angler, the biggest thing was, again, to learn techniques, but more, just as important or maybe even more important, learn those bodies of water. Because with FLW, you know, they've pretty much stayed at the same same lakes or same fish, fisheries. They maybe adjust the seasons, but that's about it. Um, so, you know, you, you get some pretty good draws. And uh, when you're out there, obviously you're focused on catching fish, but at the same token, you better be focused on learning what's going on out there, how that guy's approaching it, um, and then just understanding how that lake lays out. So the day you turn the key and you're, you're fishing from the front, you know, you can apply some of that stuff. And so it was it was very, you know, I was very fortunate to, to fish with some great guys as a co-angler. And um, now to go out there and – you know, even though, you know, you don't cash a check at every, you know, every event, man, every time I go to those things, I learn, you know, continue, yeah. continue to learn, you know, 
the fishery as well as, you know, especially the biggest change for me has been the electronics, you know, and just different things I didn't realize I could do on them. And now it's like, wow, that that's cool. You know, yeah. now, now I've got that in my back pocket, you know, for the next one, you yeah. know? So, and how long have you been pro now? Um, you know, I, I, I was very fortunate, you know, as a, as a co-angler, when I, 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 when I won those tournaments and then one of the tournaments that I won, one of those four was the national championship at the Ohio river. Um, having my marketing background, I, you know, was able to, capitalize on those moments, you know, through media, um, as well as then, you know, building some partnerships with companies to, to grow with. And, you know, I, I, I feel I was pretty fortunate to, I think I was able to do a lot more as a co-angler than many would have because of having that marketing knowledge and, and knowing what I could do to help those companies, you know, um, as well as, you know, being able to reach out to media um, and then, you know, having the background through surf mm-hmm. and, and being able to speak with the media and, uh, the combination of all that, I was able to, to have, I think some pretty good success more so than a lot of others would, even if they had those results, you know, so I'm very fortunate to, to have had that. I think I did that for five years and, you know, I wanted to, to go pro, but at the time, you know, just finances and opportunity wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And then things kind of started to fall into place. And, and, um, you know, I've, this is my third year. I did it from the first, no second, sorry, second year from the front. Last year was my first year. This is my second year full time from the front. Wow. And, um, so from the front would be the pro. as a pro. pro. Yeah. As okay. a pro. Yeah, I'm, so I'm last, learning all the lingo. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so last year with FLW, I cashed a check in two of the three um, and finished 21st overall. I was pretty happy about that. You What's know? your highest uh, ranking so far in a, in a tournament? Uh, from the front? Yeah. Um, shoot, it's probably the 17th at the U.S. Open. That's nice, dude. Yeah, yeah. So you're stoked. That's like your your big thing for you that you're really happy about is the 17th? Yeah. That's no, cool. You know, again, it, I, I'd say yes, but it, I feel like I'm like, I'm still disappointed. You know what I mean? I, no, I know. Until, but it's a until huge I cra- accomplishment. Until I like- crack that top ten, because I always feel that that there's there's that stigma. You know, guys are like, oh yeah, he was awesome from the back. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah, it, but it's a different. It's doesn't. It's, it's different. No, it is. I, it is for sure. Yeah. It is for sure. But at the same token, you know, I use that as motivation. You know what I mean? And and uh, you know, I want to you want to make that top 10 and for that matter you want to win your first one from the front yeah. and then then it's kind of like then then when you get to that one it'll be like oh now i got to get another one to to prove it wasn't just a, a luck, fluke a, yeah. fluke, a, a lucky no, thing you know right? what i mean but for me that's you know i think it's true but it's also those are ways that i motivate myself you know what i mean and and uh you know i want to be the best i can be and 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 have fun along the way and and you know like we were talking about earlier as a guide give back you know what i mean and and i think your like the the way you came about with the media thing I thought you've been pro forever yeah. because of the way yeah. you promoted yourself yeah. and with the sponsors and you did it correctly. I mean, not a lot of guys done what you've done. Well, it's pretty crazy, you know, you know? I'm, you know, and I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, one of the things for me, one of the biggest things uh, that I hang my hat on, it's like, you know, I got to present the game ball one time at a Lakers game. I saw that as, <laughs> as, as a co-angler. Right. And I had, I had pros just going, scratching their head. What the hell is this guy doing, dude? He's over here. Like he's like, he's, you know, Kevin Van Dam. And he's like, he's like a local kid that just won a boat out in Western, you know, yeah. the Western States. Like, how did he do that? You know? Yeah. And, and again, it's just having that knowledge and, and connections as well. And, and, um, asking, yeah. you know what I mean? Because what's the worst they could have said when they made that, made that phone call? Nope. Sorry. You know, yeah. try us back next year, but we're, we're all set. Cool. That. Dude, what'd that take me? Five minutes? Yeah. 
And they said, you never uh, know if you don't try. Correct. And so when they said, uh, well, how about, you know, this date? And I'm like, wow. <laughs> You're like, what? Wait, it I'm, like, I'm like, uh, yeah, hold on. Let me, let me check that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that'll work. <laughs> but I'll see you up there. Like, okay, we'll have tickets for you. And I, yeah. my mom happened to be in town from Florida. Oh, and it was, that's, you know, that's my awesome. kid was there. I was yeah. like, that's a night I'll never forget. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and, uh, so yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. And, uh, you do stoked on fishing a lot with them too, right? I've uh, I've done a handful with those guys. I actually uh, went back and forth this morning and text with Shay. Okay, uh, Shay's a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. and and we work together with uh, some of the brands that I work with, and uh, you know, being Okuma and Electric and Igloo, and um, you know, so you know, having the surf background too, we've hit it off, and um, so we're actually long story short, we're going to go next Wednesday, I think we just said, and try try to get out and go film on one of the local lakes based on which one's fishing best and. And, uh, yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's also, I like, you know, kind of my mindset of giving back. He does a lot with the kids, you know, yeah. and, and does a lot with, uh, different charities and stuff. And, you know, for me, when I walk like the Fred Hall show or something, you know, I watch those shows They're you know, they're fun. They're cool. Yeah. But like when I see kids, how psyched they get to come run up and get a picture with them, I'm like, that's cool, man. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, the kid thing's really cool. I like that. And, uh, I was trying to work on a Grom episode. We'll see if it happens. You know, I get some kids that are killed. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Like- so that's a plan uh, later on. But yeah, I, I liked, and I liked your episodes. I mean, you had fucking uh, Brian Shaw, right? Yeah. With you yeah, on he's, the boat. That's he's crazy. A, he's a long time friend too. So kind of the back. And he's a real fisherman. It he looks loves like, it. Like it's oh, not like, you know, sometimes it, you get a, a, a famous person on yeah. there and you're like, yeah, yeah, this guy is not a fucking no. fish. He looks like he Yeah. He, he calls me all the time. <laughs> he wants to know where the big bluegill are eating yeah. and where the crappie are. And he loves yeah. catching bass too. But um, yeah. So how I had some of those contacts with the NBA and such was a lot of those dudes used to come to Quicksilver back in the day. And, okay. You know, I met one guy and then another guy and then it just, you know, starts to, it's bit of a forest fire and, you know, you take care of the guys that, that are, you know, appreciative and that, you know, we're representing the brand and, um, just foster those relationships and, and Brian ended up becoming a good friend of mine and, and, uh, we keep in touch all the time and still fish all the time. And that's cool. And, uh, yeah, who knows, you know, he, funny you say that maybe he, he might, cause he told me, he's like, Hey man, y'all want to come down and film again, you know? And <laughs> that's so, cool, dude. so maybe he'll be on that episode. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. But he's a good dude, really, you know, a plethora of knowledge, obviously from, uh, from the sport, you know, and he, he's coached a few times. He's, he's actually working for the NBA this year, uh, doing, you know, um, some commentating for them, Yeah, but I'm sure he'll be back in coaching, but man, he loves fishing. Dude, have it, have you tried to get a hold of the rock? The, uh, you know what? He's from Florida. Um, well, I, he's a bass fisherman. Yeah, too. he loves it. He yeah. loves it, and that's why. Yeah, that's why I, I have. But just just through DM, I don't. I mean, yeah. I'm sure at some point, you know, through you know this guy or that guy, you've got a contact. I haven't come across that yet, but you know, I again, you know, I'm not afraid to ask. I reach out randomly to you know individuals through DMs on occasion. You know, they you get a response. I did. And, I got te- when I first started Tito. Yep. Yeah. But he loves it, his fishing. Yeah. Uh, it was like he had a fight going right after. So he's like, let's do it Thanksgiving. And I'm like, my wife's going to kill me if I, this is last year. I'm like, I can't, dude. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like I went back and forth and I know he's real busy. But yeah, that, I mean, I just tried. I'm like, I wonder if he'd get back to me. Yeah. So I message him and he's like, yeah, what's up? I'm like, oh shit. You're right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. That happens sometimes. You're like, fuck. Well, cool, man. Like, yeah. Big Gus was the one where I was like, <laughs> you know, he's, has like his whole tattoo nightmare thing and I message him. He's like, all right, I'm down. Yeah. I'm like, cool, man. <laughs> well, that's, that's another thing that I think that's, that's really cool about fishing is it brings so many people together that are, you know, different nationalities, different, you know, uh, income levels. Like we just love fishing. You know what I mean? Interest. I mean, you get a guy that 
like a lot of the guys that I fish with are big music guys. Yeah. So like uh, my friend Andy, he runs a record label and he owns a venue and does fest. But we played music together. We reconnected through fishing. Yeah. I, I've known him for 20 something years. I didn't know he liked fishing. Until right. He's like, he took me out with Dwayne on the boat with him. Yeah. Like, you know, and we like talk all the time now. So you get like old friends that are, you know, loved fishing. I didn't know that because I wasn't into it when I was younger until I got older. But that's another connection. It's like cool meeting all these people. And, yeah. And you have the same interest or, you know, something connects you guys from the past. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I think, I, you know, that's that's something I, th- I think that's really cool about fishing is that how it brings so many different people together, you know, that wouldn't otherwise, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you did a season uh, SWBA, one season, right? Yeah. I, um, Ty Ponder is a good friend of mine. Uh-huh. And again, through, you know, he, he fishes with Okuma. And, um, you know, he's like, Hey Todd, you know, would you have interest? I said, absolutely. And so he's, you know, I said, I might not be able to do all of them. He goes, well, you know, if, if, if you can do at least a few, you know, the, the majority of them, I'll fish a couple by myself and long story short, you know, we did, uh, we did a season and, um, I had a blast, man. And I, and I want to thank him for giving me that opportunity, you know, and I learned a lot from him. The dude is awesome. And, uh, you know, we caught caught some great calico, mm-hmm. and, and we caught some some good spotties. And for me, you know, you hear the old saying, "A bass is a bass," and which is true to some extent. You know, when it comes to the structure and the forage and all this and that. But I felt where you know when it came to the spotties that I that I actually could you know help in in you know decision making and techniques and that type of thing. And and it actually paid off. You know, one one time in in Huntington Harbor, you know, one of the tournaments and. I asked him about this one particular spot. I saw a drain that was coming in and, you know, you could see, you could see on the lower tide where the grass yeah, was. And yeah. he's like, nah. And I said, dude, can we try it? And he's like, yeah, we ended up sitting on that spot for like four hours and, and smashed a pretty good limit. We ended up winning, you know, and, and it was, you know, we were slow rolling swim baits and it was yeah. all just, all just things that like, you I would love, do, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and felt so comfortable doing, whereas, you know, when we're out at, out at the islands and your head's on a swivel and there's, you know, six foot face breakers next to you and like one guy's at the helm to make sure you don't get caught inside. And, you know, you're like trying to fire in and like, it's almost for me at that time was almost sensory overload. I couldn't really slow it down and and understand why, where, what, you know, sure. I knew the high level stuff, but I didn't get as deep as I think I I could have, Mm -hmm. you know, because I was just freaked out by the whole situation. And that's where, you know, I really leaned on his expertise in which he had it, you know, and, so, uh, you know, met a lot of new guys and a lot of cool guys and, uh, really had a blast. I wish I could do them every year. You know, yeah. I just, you got to pick your battle somewhere and, and, uh, I think you do enough things already. Tom. Right. Right. <laughs> and lo- long story short though, you know, through, through his knowledge, we were able to, to win anglers of the year that year, man. And I only awesome, got to do dude. it once. So it's like, Hey, one and done. I had to go. I'm out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was such an awesome experience, you know, and a, again, you know, thanks to Ty Ponder for giving me that opportunity. Cause it was, it was a good time. Yeah. And then you also do a combinator, right? For so, surfing. Yeah. So I kind of, you know, alluded to that a little bit in our conversation, but you know, uh, when I was at Quicksilver, one of my responsibilities was events. And so I'd go to those events and they're, you know, they were like, Hey dude, you need to be one of the commentators. I'm like, no, I can't put my son. They're like, dude, you need. And I said, okay, cool. So started having the opportunity to, to commentate at those events and, you know, big events like the Eddie Aikawa, which is the invitational big wave invitational in Hawaii. And, Mm -hmm. and then the, uh, you know, at the time was the ASP events. And so I did all, all of our events. And then again, as things wound down with Quicksilver, you know, I got, you know, there was actual tryouts because the ASP was transitioning with a new group 
becoming the World Surf League, the WSL. And so they were doing like tryouts and stuff. I'm like, shoot, I'll go do it. And it was awkward. Like, you know, here's half dozen of your buddies that you, you know, or, you know. And you got to do it in front of them. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> basically, it'd be, you know, here we are. You it's like me, acting. You and me would sit down yeah. and they put us in this room and they'd be, they'd be out on the other side, you know, watching and, you know, they, they would roll footage and go, okay, call it like you would. Okay. You know, here goes red, red out the back, you know, Mick Fanning taking off and, you call it and then boom, they go out and they watch it in front of everyone. Anyways, I got, I got the, uh, I got the call up, got the, got to do it. And Did they was, do multiple guys or just one guy? Uh, no, there was multiple guys. Okay. Yeah, that there, got was, the, there was a the couple gig. teams, a couple okay. teams. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, was able to do that. I did that three years full time with the, when I say full time, you know, I was locked in for the year, but I only did because again, I was doing other things. <clears throat> I did about half of the, the events. And now I still do that, but not at the top level, the championship tour level. I do the qualifying series, and then I do some some commentating for a lot of the the kids, uh, the USA Surfing Primes, which is like the best kids in the United States yeah. that are just going to make that that next. Um, they're the top amateurs, basically. Okay. And then the ISA World Games, which I just did over in Japan. That's a qualifier for the Olympics, which is pretty cool. Oh wow! And um, so I think I don't know off the top of my head. I'm going to say maybe. A dozen to fifteen events a year I do. Oh wow, that's a lot. Um, some of <laughs> some of them are just a weekend local deal, and others, you know, are eleven, you know, like a eight day event. You know, wow. So it can be time consuming, but it's um, for Sorry me. About the fly, dude. I don't know. It's all good. <laughs> Can't get rid of this motherfucker. <laughs> it's all good. It's it's my scent. I probably got a, I probably got some some baits in my back pocket. Um, but yeah, for me, you know, I've got majority of my life invested in surfing i i'd be foolish to walk away from it i still love it um i still you know enjoy calling the contests and and hopefully that that comes through in my commentating you know through the enthusiasm and the excitement and um it's also it's rad because now you know calling a lot of the amateur events you watch these kids and commentate and understand them through their career and then once you now you're calling them at that champion you know that that next level mm-hmm now you've got you know some good knowledge on them as Which well. Which is cool. So. You have to see people grow too. Yeah, I mean, just like fishing, same thing. You get to see some of these dudes become pros with you. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So so that's been really exciting. And and then again, you know, it's it's been fun. I think it's opened doors for me having that background because it's so unique for the fish world. Where you know again, some of the media has come about probably because it's given me that opportunity. You know, people intrigued, going, "Wow, this is interesting." You know, and. And then the other is, is just, you know, just meeting, meeting people through the, through the fishing industry that, you know, maybe are interested or maybe they have that connection because they surf as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, you know, surfing, surfing and fishing has pretty much been everything, you know, for, for me. Yeah. What companies are you involved with right now? Like, do you work for any companies like actually work? So for? I, I do, I do some consulting, um, basically some, you know, consultation work for electric sunglasses and then Igloo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, help them on a lot of levels and, uh, electric, I think it's going on three years now wow. and, and Igloo just started with those guys, but, um, both great companies, both of them, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're passionate about the sport. And then they also, they're, they're not stuffy brands. They're not, you know, they're not afraid to have some fun and is electric and, and keep it loose. And fishing the same thing. Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Electric, uh, like, you know, they're right down literally a mile and a half from my house. Okay. Um, the, uh, the owner and CEO, Eric Crane, cause they, they are private. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been around, I think it's going on 18 years now. Wow. Um, at one point they were public and then, uh, Eric bought them back. And, uh, so, you know, being, being private, you can be a lot more nimble and, uh, make things happen quickly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
Eric loves fishing, loves the outdoors. And, um, you know, we had a conversation a while back and he's like, shoot, let's, let's do it. You know, because the thing was, you know, through surfing again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. Nick, is that a lot of the surfers already fish and they are familiar with the brand, you know, electric being a staple in that industry. And it's one thing to be familiar with a brand, but it's another, if there's a quality lens, you know, quality product. And so, these guys. And then once you start speaking, you know, to them through that voice of fishing and then their friends go, Hey dude, you, you heard about this? And they're like, dude, I've been wearing them for, you know, <laughs> 10 years where you've been. And they're yeah. like, Oh wow. I thought it was like a new thing. And yeah. so, you know, it's, it's been fun to be a part of that, knowing their, their heritage, but then also being a part of that, you know, that adjustment and now, you know, growing in that, that fishing industry and, and speaking directly to the anglers. And it's, it's been fun, you know, especially, you know, I think there's been a, a real movement in the, in the swim bait world, um, we've got some great things going on in Japan with DRT. Um, yeah, I've with, seen that. That's with, why I see electric fishing. I'll, I'll see stuff on Swimming <laughs> Underground where they'll post something and I'll yeah. see electric fishing. Yeah. And a lot of it, a lot of it was strategic here with what we did, you know, Chris at Swimbait, you know, he's mm-hmm. been, he's been an intricate part in a, in a partnership with us and, and, um, you know, a great supporter and some of the things we did here, then all of a sudden kind of, you know, got brought into japan and now we're seeing it coming back from japan and it's cool it's really really cool and 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 again it's it's a lot easier to make something like that happen when you have good product um as opposed to you know trying to pump pump a brand and then people go hey you know it's cool i love what they stand for but dude i can't see shit with these glasses you know (laughs) and and when guys put on electrics. I I can't tell you how many tri- guide trips I've had and especially in the in the spawn I'm like pitch pitch she's she's there, you know, pitch. Yeah. And the guys like sir <laughs> sir, I'm sorry, I don't see her. I go do me a favor and I, you know, without mentioning brands, I'm like, "Whoa, really?" I'm like, "Here, try these on." He's like, "Oh my god, she's right there." I'm like, "That's what I'm trying to tell yeah. you." But for me, when I when I see that firsthand and I know, but when I see that firsthand and with brands that are, you know, acknowledged as the best in the business, you're like Okay, we we've yeah. got we've got something here, and we just got to keep plugging away, yeah. you know. And it's yeah. it's a slow burn. We're not throwing a lot of money at it. We're we're just getting the right people involved and and trying to support where we can and, and having fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Is that it? We're done. If you want to keep going, dude, you got some more points. You <laughs> well, wanna? it's funny. No, it's funny because when we got here, I I was like, man, we can, you know, I know, you know, I watched a lot of your, you know, watched the videos, yeah. and I've listened to some. I'm like, man, they're about an hour. I'm like, the hell am I going to talk about for that You've long? We've been talking for an hour and something. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, I, you know, uh, no, I, I always let you hit the sponsors and I like to know local tackle shops. So, so if you're down, you go to Hogan's a lot or do you go to, you know, I, I try and hit them all, you know, really? some of it through, you know, the connections I have obviously with, with electric, uh, but the others is, you know, there's a lot of good dudes in there. You know, I know you hang out at performance a lot. Those guys are, you know, yeah. un, unreal. I, I do go to Hogan's a lot that, you know, a lot of these, these local tackle stores, it's funny. Cause you know, as a guide, you get a lot of people like, "Oh, Bass Pro's the deal." Oh, you're, you're an like, angler, dude, right? What's that? You're an angler, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm an angler's marine guy, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, I love the mom and pop shops, and especially the ones out here. You know, you go to a place, you know, like Hogan's, like Performance, East County Anglers. Mm-hmm. Those shops, literally, you you could have your Bass Pro. You know what I mean? It's a great shopping experience. You know, my kid, we love to go down there and look at all the stuff Get and go eat, go eat lunch down there. But when you need core tackle and you're going to a tournament, your local mom and pop shops right here in our backyard, they've yeah. got the goods. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're they're the best anglers in the area. They know what's the best product and they've got it stocked in there. So it's 
for me, it's pretty cool to go in there and, and, and support them and as well have those conversations. I try you know? to because it's so easy to tackle warehouse. I mean, it is. So I try to like, if I'm going to buy something, I'm in the area, I try to stop by. Yeah. You know, and I always praise that on here. Go, please just go by the tackle shops. You know, they're, they're trying to yeah. keep up and keep up with the industries, you know, and Amazon tackle warehouse are make it really easy to yeah. not go in and well, have for, a good conversation. For, with for me, I, you know, and I've got, I've actually got a good relationship with the guys at tackle warehouse. They gave me a great opportunity this year. I think I did like four, four different videos with oh, those cool. guys this year. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, we went out to like San V and some of the local lakes down here. And then I did some, some product stuff for some of the sponsors I work with. And, you know, they're, they're awesome. The great, yeah. again, even like we were talking about here on the local level, some of those big companies, they could care less about the angler. They could care less about <laughs> right. the people. Yeah. Those dudes are core through and through. Uh, you know, they were, they were out there fishing with me they were filming just good people up there. And that's again, you know, from, from obviously the platform that they have and what they can offer, but their customer service. And then the guys that are living and breathing it every day, that's, that's why they're so successful too. So yeah. I got nothing but praise for those dudes too. Yeah. yeah. And let's hit all your sponsors. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of them actually. Hey, so, they, I'm, they, I, you know, you I, know, that's why we have you on. For, and I, for, for me, you know, the biggest, uh, you know, the, the biggest supporters, you know, off the top of my head are Igloo, Electric Sunglasses, Okuma, uh, Grundens. Uh, Grundens is making a big adjustment right now. You know, they're, they're a staple in the industry, especially with the commercial guys, mm-hmm. you know, with the bibs and boots, but now they're, they're going into Gore-Tex. They're going into a lot more, you yeah, know, seen that. Uh, yeah. they've got some great product right now. So I'm stoked to be involved with those guys. Uh, Skosh, they make a lot of, uh, you know, uh, basically accessories for life is their, their motto, but they make the waterproof boom bottles and, you know, the best phone mount there is out there. I've got one on my boat and in the car and, mm-hmm. A lot of other great products. And then uh, Frank Motors, you know, those guys, Marco Finelli down there in San Diego at uh, National City. Um, they've made it real easy for me to get into this new Tundra that I'm running right now. Very and nice truck, dude. That thing will do a wheelie with the boat behind <laughs> it. It doesn't even know it's back there. And, uh, you know, I'm up, you know, obviously with the baits they make. And then a uh, longtime friend of mine, a guy I went to high school with, um, Sterling Building Groups out of Greensboro, North Carolina. He, uh, he hit me up out of the blue last year. Um, I actually blew my motor last year at the national championship was kind of at a crossroads going, dude, what am I going to do? And Mm -hmm. it literally was heaven sent. The guy reached out and goes, Hey man, I love what you do. I want to, I want to get involved. What's it going to take? And I put together a couple things, sent it his way. And he's like, I'll have uh, all of my accounting guys be in touch with you. Wow. That's done deal. And so, you know, I've been very fortunate. And again, there's a lot of other companies out there and I want to thank all of them. Um, you know, yeah, you know, you guys can, if you're interested in a guide trip, you guys can look me up at toddkleinfishing.com. Also see Great. the other brands that I represent. And, um, at the end of the day, you know, kind of in closing here, I just, you know, I want to encourage kids to get out there and give it an opportunity to, uh, to see what's available here in Southern California. Cause I, again, when I moved out here as an adult, I didn't think you could fish. And <laughs> once you get to go out to one of these reservoirs and you see the wildlife, you see the birds, the deer, the coyotes, and, it's a it's an awesome experience, you know, and it's not for everyone, but at least try it. Get out yeah. there and give it a whirl. And um, you know, thanks for the opportunity for me to come in here thanks and be a part on, of this. Man. And, Appreciate and, it. Uh, and everyone, go check out his uh, guide service. Uh, look him up on Instagram. You know, you're helping support local, helping a guy that's trying to make his dream as a pro. We're gonna see him number one next year. Let's do it, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Nick, and right. uh, congrats with your success too, man. Thanks, I appreciate it, man. righty.